Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Follow me on social media, Crazy Ike Fan Facebook page, at Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and on Twitter. <laughs> well, I wish I could say all I do this are doing well tonight, but we're not doing so well. We just lost the Pauk. I'm literally recording maybe like 15, 20 minutes after the match. Don't get to do this that often, so I figured I would since I had some time, some free time and the ability to do it. <laughs> um, most of the time, you know, after even a big win, a big loss, I like to uh, take my time and really process it. Um, I know last week's pod, I said that uh, no matter what happened in this match, not a lot had to change for Ike. But the way this loss came, it wasn't the fact that we lost. The way it came and how it happened. Uh, well, first off, let's kind of try to turn a negative and a positive. I think this is the last big test for this team to really become a team. Let's see how they handle adversity after losing a crucial match like this. You had a chance to put away your most informed competitor, and you came out simply to say it flat. Balk had so much intensity, so much passion, so much determination to their game, and you knew that was coming. Uh, to me, Almeida does not seem like the type of manager where he would not have the players ready. The players, Ike's players, just did not match that intensity. Um, not in the way that I wanted this team to lose this this game. Like, if we created a whole bunch of chances and missed a whole bunch of chances and we lost 2-1 to one in, a, in a late goal, you know, there's no shame these days under Savidis to lose in Tumba. I mean, even back in the day, uh, let's take, you know, the, the championship year out of it, 17-18, because I know ever since then, Balk fans have always been busting our chops with the whole paper champion thing. You guys know how I feel about Luchescu, Capota Head as I call him. Um, gosh, sorry. I'm trying to gather my thoughts and not be all over the place with this. It Bach was always a difficult game. Even if, you know, back in the day, early 2000s, 90s, when I used to watch Greek football, Bach was always a match. Any game with Thessaloniki. When you went away to Thessaloniki, when you went to Pauk and Tumba, when you went to Cazadoglio to play at Akli, those great at those. At actually teams that were decent back in the day, to play Adi in Thessaloniki, you always said, okay, I want to come away with a result. That was, and if you came away with more than just a point, you were happy and you said, okay, that's, you know, it's always a tough place to play. Um, but since then, in the Savidi years, Bach is a real competitor. I mean, you have to, you have to give them that. Um going to try to kind of backtrack it here. I'm going to tell my feelings about the game overall. And then, honestly, I, I just have notes on the first half because the second half, all I wrote down was garbage. I mean, I'll get to that in a moment. But, I mean, Balk came out. I came out good the first few minutes, but Balk just really executed their game plan. I mean, they had a game plan, press Ike up high, similar to how what Ike does. Uh Keep possession away from Ike, if they could. Um, and don't make any mistakes at the back. Bauk, you know, after a certain point, they hit on the counter. They pressed. They were able to get um, that first goal in the first 
15 minutes of the game, actually, you know, uh, let's get right into the game, right? Third minute, I said Garcia makes it behind the, makes it behind the, the Pauk defense, made life difficult a little bit. I, I, I took that moment there and I said, okay, here we go. This is going to be another game where Garcia is just going to run all over, um, and that wasn't the case. You only saw that a couple times. Yes, later on in the half, the Egerson foul. A lot of people I saw on Twitter and on Facebook complaining about that. And but whatever, he he let play on. I I I don't have much to say about the officiating in this match. I don't think it was as terrible as some Ike fans are calling it out there. I don't. There wasn't like a big moment. Um, you know, he let them play after the ball in that in that uh, in that spot when that play happened. Um, for me, it could have gone either way. I personally am kind of the type of person that says, okay, if you want to watch real football, you let that happen. I mean, I know in certain leagues that foul is not called. Now, it could have been a yellow card or a possible red card because he did get behind the defense. And I mean, Ingerson shoved him and threw him to the ground and Ingerson was smart enough, and he's a smart enough defender and a very experienced defender where he fell over too, where he sold kind of the play to the ref and said, we both went after the ball. We both took a tumble. Um, I'm okay with that because similar to a play inside the box, inside Pauk's area, later on in the game in the, oh, I think it was still the first half, late on in the first half, where Vida uh, shoved, uh, shoves kind of Oliveira out of the way. I'm okay with that. You know, I don't, I didn't have, um, I didn't have an issue with that. And it's funny, my note right after that is, it was close to the 15th minute, I said, Ike giving in the pressure, but need to retain possession. And uh, they're giving Pauk way too much space. Um, and exactly what happened. I mean, it was literally, I wrote this down and maybe like not even 30 seconds later, Falk got their first goal, which I said this in the pod. And I, and I said this when I was tweeting out before the match that, you know, that first goal is very key. And for me, it was always going to be whoever got that first goal was going to have a very good chance of winning this match because after that goal, uh, you know, Falk pressed for about another 10 maybe 10, 15 minutes up until the 25th, maybe close to the 30th minute. And then I kind of leveled out the game. They I gained possession, but they weren't able to do anything with that possession. They weren't able to create anything. We don't have, we had a few half chances, a few good crosses. Yes, if people got on the end of them, you would have been able to score. But why not take advantage of, of Levy Garcia's speed again? And credit Bauk. Bauk had a very strategic game plan, okay? Pauk are a very good passing team. They even showed this in Hagia Sofia, and they weren't going to play from the back again. They, uh, you know, in, in the first chess match that is football, in the game in Philadelphia, Almeida got the best of Luchescu. Pauk was like, you know what? I'm Luchescu, I'm Pauk. I'm going to come out and play my game, play from the back play that fast passing game that I can. And they were not able to handle Ike's press. Ike pressed them, made them make mistakes at the back, uh, took advantage, really could have ran up the score. Bauk had a perfect game plan for this. They pressed Ike. 
they kind of use that press against them for Ike to make fast decisions at the back and to keep the ball moving around. But it was movement that didn't account, didn't amount up to anything. Um, so I look, I don't like the guy. I don't like Luchescu. That's, that's been known on this podcast. I don't think any Ike fan likes Luchescu. But I have to respect the guy as a manager. This year, honestly, I, you know, and I said this, it was one of my preseason predi- predictions that I thought Luchescu would be gone by Christmas. I didn't think much of him as a manager. I thought he was a, you know, rah, rah, the world is against this type of guy, a guy that could get a lot out of his players, a motivational guy. I just did, didn't think he was that good tactically. I think he was given like a huge budget by Sevilis and brought players together. I never saw him as, as, as a great manager. This proves otherwise. He's taken this team. He sees that the competition has gotten better in Greece this year, uh, in Greek football, and that he's got a lot of thing, teams to overcome in order to make a championship run. And that's why from the beginning he said, you know, we're not going after a championship. We're just trying to kind of build a team for the future. He let players in like Costandelias, um, what a phenomenal talent. I mean, this kid, he impressed me in other matches, but actually sitting down to watch this match, watch his movements in, in the midfield of Pauk, watch how when he gets wide as a winger and kind of comes into a, a wing position, uh, gosh, this kid, I mean, heads up. Like I said, Pauk had so much more intensity, so much more. They wanted this game. And you knew that going in. You needed to match their intensity. You needed to match uh, their passion. This was a do-or-die game for Pauk. And Ike did not do that. We did not press this this Pauk defense enough. We did not test this Pauk defense enough. This Pauk defense, who a few weeks ago barely beat Livadiakos at home 3-2. Givadiaco scored two goals on them. Uh, last week, crumbled in the last five minutes of the game. And I know, like, all this has been said that, you know, the second goal should have been offsides or something like that, that it shouldn't have counted. I don't know how that comes out days later after the match. Obviously, pa- uh, Luchescu used that to his advantage and said, you know, we were cheated again. Um, I just... You know, you look at this match statistically. If you're, if you're, if you follow me on Twitter, go and look at the stats, or go to I forget the name of the site that I use to get these stats. But go look at the stats to this match. If you take away the scoreline and then look at it statistically, you would say, okay, this was the scoreline should have been reversed. I mean, honestly, okay, let's get more into it. Um, Pauk just played better the first half. I mean, you know, there were some players that stood out. I kind of, the second part of the second half, like I said, 25th minute and on for the last 20, 20 to 25 minutes of the of the, sec, the first half, I started to kind of pick themselves up again, creating some half chances, no real threat there. I felt like some players were playing good. Khadzi Safi had a great first half. You can't say enough about him. He was moving up, uh, getting getting back defensively, 
was involved in so many plays. I just, the way he played tonight was, was great. We do need more off that left back position uh, because he's, he's, he's limited. I mean, he's a good player for me to have right now because we need him, but we need somebody that has better crossing on that side, better speed. I mean, hopefully by playoffs, I think Muhammadi's still scheduled to come back. So that'll give us a little bit more of that. Defensively, I don't think, if he can have a bad game and maybe sometimes if he's going up against a speedy player can have um can be a liability at the back but overall he's just a you know he he had a good performance he impressed me Amrabat even impressed me uh you know his his style really fit this game even though still I would have liked to have seen Eliasson. I tweeted about this and actually meant to talk about it in the last podcast, in the preview pod leading up to this match. I thought this would have been a perfect match for Eliasson to pick up his starting role again. For me, I don't know the way Almeida saw the match. And, um, you know, I w- like I said before, or if I haven't said it yet, I wouldn't put this loss on Almeida, but I'll get to that later. I would have preferred Elias on the start this match because I feel like this is a match where you attack, you get behind Falk's defense, you want to try to counter because you know Falk are going to come out trying to get an early lead and they, they're the ones that need to score. Like a tie in this match is essentially not as great as a win, but it's essentially like, okay, we went to Tumba, we came away with a tie. What you didn't want to happen is what ended up happening. But Eliasson has also said that um, through the media, some media reports that I heard that he told, um, I don't know if it was TV media or a certain reporter, that he still does not feel 100%. And I mean, the guy did have a serious injury, so I don't know if he doesn't want to risk re-injury or team management doesn't want him to risk re-injury. Um, maybe that's why he's not starting. I just, I, I would love for them to switch roles for uh I'm about to come off the bench, even though, like I said, I'm about was very impressive in the first half, but you need more. You need, you need Eliasson's crossing ability. You need his speed to get behind the defense. We saw how much on a couple of occasions, uh, Garcia was able to get behind Pauk's defense, but you have another speedy guy on the wings that can do that. Uh, Cause um, Ingerson, even though he's, a very good professional, very experienced player, very good center back. He is also a little bit more heavier, more you you can get behind him. Um, and with the other ex- an inexperienced uh, center back that that Balk has there, the Greek kid, I think. Um, I really think you you could have exposed that where Amnabad would have been the perfect type of player. How do we say in Greek to hold the ball? to put in in the second half to where if you're leading one one zip or if you're leading two to one to kind of help you, he can be a threat up front, but he can also, he's a heavier type of player to where you could, you know, kick the ball upfield and he can take control of the ball for you and kind of hold the ball a little bit better. Um, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if Eliasson is still not 100%. You know, he told the media a couple of weeks ago he's still not at, an, at 100%. So um, maybe that is why he hasn't been starting. 
So first half, I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, we're down 1-0, but we've kind of created a little more. We just need better finishing. We really need to test this. We never made this Palk defense nervous, I felt like. On the flip side, I felt like our defense was always nervous. Let me let me talk about the Palk goal before I go into the into the second half. Um just a heads up play by Costandellas, man. Just a stupid, stupid play by our defenders. Now, I know some people are going to throw Anastasiades under the bus for this match on both goals. And yes, he does have a little bit of fault on both goals. But if you if you rewatch the play and watch it in slow-mo, as I did at halftime when they re-showed it on the telly, um, you kind of had, you know, it was a great shot by Neddy. Neddy kind of faked it. It looked like he was going to go to the far side of where Anastasiades was... was was standing. Instead, he shot it to the near post where Anastasiades was was, sta- was, uh, was standing. So Anastasiades started to move one way and he shot it the other way. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that um, Ansarifat goal a few seasons ago against uh, Wolfsburg, uh, where he kind of fooled the goalkeeper. I mean, it's exactly what happened, but that play should have never taken place. You're telling me a 19-year-old kid, heads up play. And what sucks is, there are Pauk fans that are going to be singing this kid's name, that are going to be singing about this goal for generations to come because it was a fantastic goal. Like, at the end of the day, I, I, I had to take my heads off, my my hat off to this kid. I mean, uh, first off, for the Greek national team, what a freaking talent. I mean, if he can keep, you know, oftentimes what happens with so many great Greek players is their heads get in the cloud you know, they, we've seen it with a lot of players. I don't want to go through the names, but if this kid can keep his head on the ground and keep working hard and cultivating his craft and getting better, the sky's the limit. I mean, you could see this kid playing for a big time club in Europe and you could see him being a, I mean, he's a different, a 19 year old is a difference maker on Pauk. Without this 19 year old, uh, I don't, I don't think Pauk have, they have quality, but they don't have anyone else that scares me. But this kid, every time he'd get the ball, and um, I tweeted out in the middle of the second half, I felt like every 50-50 ball, you guys remember when I talked about it in the podcast last week, that you, the game, the old cliche uh, in football that, you know, every TV personality likes to say is, the ball's going to be the game's going to be won in the midfield. Well, today it was every 50-50 ball Pauk was getting to. Every time a questionable ball would a, a play would happen in the midfield, Costandelia would be behind it. Like this kid was was a monster. He I mean he the juke move that he had where he was able to get by the tripla when he was able to get by Amrapat and Pineda, which both of them have so much experience in big football leagues that he was able, that a 19-year-old was able to get by them. I mean, that was freaking impressive. And the way he just did Rota. I mean, he made Rota look dirty. And he's got such good speed that Rota, who's a speedy player, can't even catch up to him. Uh, really impressed, man. And listen, I'm not a guy that gets impressed that easily. I'm not a guy that, you know... We'll sing another team's, another player's, especially Balk. I will sing a praise for a Balk player, but you have to take your hat off when you see great talent. I mean, if he was Brazilian or what have you, Argentinian or Italian or something, then 
I'll be like, okay, he's a great player. It was a great play. But the fact that he's Greek, like, come on, man. He's going to be playing for the Ethniki sooner or later. Um, just a great play. But something that should have never have happened. Like, what the hell are three Ike defenders doing around him where he's able to just freaking play Circus Olay with the ball and able to kick a pass towards Nettie? I mean, I, I... It was just a boneheaded play to to go down 1-0 at the beginning of the match. And that's a point of the match where you don't want to go 1-0 down. Um, and if we, it just it was just frustrating. And then at halftime, I'm like, okay, they're going to make halftime adjustments. We're going to come out a little bit more. I felt like fiery, more passionate in the second half, more to, to, to do something to create. Like I said, the first half, yes, we had a few crosses going to the box, uh, I was thinking about that Levy Garcia where he got away, but that was the beginning of the second half. Um, but nothing really else in the first half. You didn't really, I mean, I felt like Pauk were in no danger whatsoever. So what did Pauk do? Pauk came out and just kept doing what they're doing. Um, so for the second half, like I said earlier, the biggest note that I have is garbage. I mean, the, this was just garbage. We came out, we tried to attack Pauk a little more, and Pauk actually still came out more hungry. I mean, they had that one goal that was ruled for offsides and it was rightfully ruled for offsides um, in the second half. And from that moment, I said, oh, this is not going to be good. And within the first, again, uh, 15 minutes of the second half, they were able to get another goal and it was just a stupid an aerial battle that someone should have won and just a stupid move by Anastasiades. It was really at the wrong place. Uh, as a Pauk defender was able to put uh, a header, the header away and make it 2-0. And then it, I haven't said this much with this club. I feel like this year and my confidence in this team has been growing and growing. But from a creative standpoint in that moment, because, you know, in other matches, it, it didn't matter what match. We created so much. We were just, we were right there ready to score in most matches, right? To where I thought I would think to myself, okay, a goal is around the corner. You know, yeah, we're down 2 0, but the way we're playing, if you guys remember me talking about after the, uh, right after the, um, the, uh, Basquiatana loss, where, I thought to myself we were going to turn that game around when we scored the the first goal in the beginning of the second half of that match. I thought to myself, I was like, game on. We're going to turn this around, you know, um, whereas this game, it was like kind of deflated. Like if the team keeps playing like this, I mean, I never gave up hope, but you hit that 75th minute, 76th, 77th minute and you still and I, I think I tweeted this out um, and I said it was the 70th minute at the time. No real chance created. We didn't create our first legit chance. And what I mean by chance, big chance. I mean like where you stand up and you in your mind you're thinking the ball's going in the back of the net. My first chance like that, some people would say, you know, it was the Levy Garcia in the beginning of the second half where he, he got free. But I could see the angle was kind of tight. And I'm like, he's not going to be able to put it away. The defender did a great job to keep him at an angle and not let him go straight into the box where he would have a better chance to put it away. The defender kind of forced him outside to where, you know, he did the best he could. 
um, it was an off shot, but very, uh, you know, I wouldn't consider that a big chance because I saw that coming where he was just at an angle where I'm like, okay, if he makes this, this is going to be a freaking phenomenal goal. But I think he's either going to shoot it out or the, someone's going to get to it. The keeper's going to put a hand on it and we'll be able to win a corner off of it, which that didn't even happen. Um, but the first real chance was that Zuber chance that um, Bauk's keeper was able to get a hand on. And it was close to the the 89th minute. And then on top of that, we had another uh, shot. I think it was CB dead right outside of the box that the keeper for Pac was able to push away into a corner. Uh, but that, I mean, that the, if you're waiting to the 90th minute to really create chances, then, then you've lost the match. And I think that's the my biggest takeaway, my biggest frustration with this loss. And I'm not trying to be hypocritical because I said the other day, I said, you know, I'm not going to be happy if we lose this match, but I'm not going to be devastated. I'm not devastated. I'm just pissed because I saw no passion out of this team. I saw no heart, no determination, no courage. You know what you're up against. And I'm talking about the players that have been there before. I'm not talking about some of the players that have just coming to the team this year I'm specifically talking about like Araujo Levy Garcia uh you know Araujo Mandalo Mandalo didn't play today but these players that could tell the other players like this is a big deal this team this this and this this is what they've been talking about us they've delegitimized or tried to delegitimize our championship they've been running their mouths all season about us you know um because this, honestly, guys, what, what this does is it gives Pauk hope. If this had been a match where I come out and statistically, you know, we had 16 shots on target. I mean, we had 16 shots, four on target, where you could say it was those four shots on target were like, wow, like we kept missing chance after chance after chance. And we barely lost the game two to one or something. And it was just a, a scrappy deadbeat. And, and uh, you know, we barely lost this match, but we had them. We were, you know, they just got lucky. They took full advantage of their chances. No, you were nowhere to be found. You were nowhere to be found for 90 freaking minutes in this match. That's what's frustrating. That's what's, and this is going to give Pauk confidence. Honestly, you've, there where you had Bauk defeated, where you could have stepped on their throat and said, okay, stay down there, let Luchescu run his mouth after the game, let Capota head, condom head, run his mouth after the match and just say, you know, whatever the stuff he's going to say and blame it on the refs or blame it on the, the, the Athens, uh, the Athens conspiracy. Um, you had a chance to really knock them down. Now, Pauk has been like, okay, we we beat this team. We beat them. And without even having our best match, without even having our best game. And honestly, there were a couple of chances where I thought the scoreline, and it should have been worse, if I'm being totally honest. It should have been at least 3-0 to Pauk. Pauk really should have gotten another goal in this match. Um, But like I was saying before, if I haven't said it already... I can't put this on Almeida. Almeida, you know, Almeida was on the sidelines screaming at his players, screaming like you need to press more, you need to move up more. They looked tired. They just looked, it didn't look like the Ike team that we're used to. It didn't look like an Ike team that was ready to play a derby today. 
and I can't, uh, as fiery as I saw Almeida being on the sidelines, I cannot see, um, I cannot see that being Almeida's fault at all. I can't, um, you know, I mean, I don't know, guys. I mean, second half, I guess you can pin it a little bit on Almeida. I would have put Eliasson in early on in the second half. Um, I expected them to come out with more fire. I expected them to come out and create more chances. And like I said, against the shaky Pac defense, this isn't a Pac defense. This isn't the, the Pac defense that, you know, went unbeaten in the in the league a few years ago where they didn't they went the whole season undefeated. You're giving them hope. We have two more games against them, one that's in Dumba, and then probably if everything goes right, we have a cup final against them. And now you've given them hope because if you beat them or they barely beat you or we went into Tumba and at least got a point today, they're still going to be wondering in their heads, we, we can't beat this team. We can't we can't beat Ike this year. Now they beat you 2-0. Yes, it was two fluky plays. I mean, let's, let's be totally honest. Bad defending on both plays. Very, very bad defending. Vida looked like he was in outer space in the second half. I thought he was going to cost us another goal. And there was a couple of times where he almost cost us another goal. And he has not looked good. I've said this on the podcast before, week in, week out. I still trust him. I think he's a world-class player. But maybe it's time to move on to Mitoglu. I mean, I don't know. If he has another game like this and it costs us big, I don't know. And like I said at the beginning of the pod, this is the last challenge I think this Almeida team has to face is how do we go here from here on? How do we handle adversity? All week, you're going to be hearing like how you lost this derby in Pauk and the pressure is going to come from the media and the pressure is going to come from the people and how are the players psychologically going to handle it? And how is this team going to react? Are we going to go out and maybe lay another egg against uh, Asteras Tripolis? And you also had another opportunity with a win here in Tumba. You could put... Pauk away, who's the most informed team right now in, in the Super League, along with you, uh, and still the, the contender that, um, that honestly, I mean, the way Pauk played tonight and the way they played against Ike, uh, I, I, I'm overthrowing uh, Olympiacos. I would say I'm more afraid of Pauk now as, as, as them challenging us. I'm more afraid of the style of play, they just had our number. They just, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that isn't true. I'm hoping, you know, like, because I've seen Bob play some awful games this season. But uh, getting back to my original point, how is this team going to react? It's going to tell a lot about Almeida. It's going to tell a lot about, and a lot about these players. Like I said, and I want to reiterate it, I would not put this on Almeida. I think Almeida went out there with his normal game plan. Uh, I don't know. Tactically, would I have loved to seen Gatsinovich come in and play kind of a wing midfielder position and move Pineda in the role that Janssen was on? Because Pineda, what a lot of people don't realize, and I know he didn't do much today. He was probably one of Ike's worst players. Um... I think everybody was bad. Let me not throw him under the bus because you guys know my love fest with Pineda. But he's also a good defender. So I think if you would have taken Jonsen out and put him there, Simonski could have held the midfield pretty well against um, 
this team. And not to say that Jonsson played well, but that gives you another weapon. Um, I don't know. I know there's been a lot of discussion with Almeida deciding to play with two defensive midfielders and how's that going to play out. And now what happens? What, what, do, what do you do with Simonski? What Simonski needs to be out for two matches. Because I was wrong the other day. I said he had uh, four yellow cards. He has actually had seven yellow cards. So... He has to miss two ma- two of the last four matches, possibly five matches, depending on what happens with the whole, you know, Atromidos thing. Um, I don't know. Like, what do you do? I Lots of questions tonight. Lots of questions uh, that hopefully we're going to get good answers. I mean, we got a tough team. Glad that it's at home next Saturday against Asteras Tripolis. I don't think Balk have a Derby left. They have an upper hand. They have a this, you know. I didn't really realize it before, but this is, was a massive derby to really put them away. Now, depending on what happens with the Atromitos match, right now as things stand, with a game at hand, Balk are three points behind Ike. But again, Ike still have a game to make up with Atromitos. So technically, I mean, you could say we're still six points ahead, but we don't know what's going to happen with that. Thing. We don't know if we're going to play it. And now that becomes big. That, I think, that match is going to be played. Me reading into the way things run in Greece, the way Greek media is, that game needs to be played because there's going to be a complete S-fest of an uproar if that game is not played, in my opinion. And it becomes a massive game, too, because, you know, depending on what happens in that game, de- depends on your lead with... Like I said, the team that's in the second best form right now with Bauk. Um Lots of questions, man. Uh, if you guys have any questions or want me to cover anything, I'll be back with another podcast at the end of the week um, to preview that Tripoli game, maybe the middle of the week, so we can kind of see what the injury report's going to be like, what all the other reports are going to come out and say. Like, I haven't listened to anything on the radio. I haven't really... Uh, I just started recording because I'm like, I want to get this stuff off my chest and talk to you guys and make a podcast. <clears throat> so we don't know. We don't know where to go from here now. I mean, but for me, it's just, it. I truly still feel like that was the hardest part to take. I don't care that we lost 2-0, but what kind of 2-0 game did we lose? We lost a 2-0 game where we were so apathetic at the front, like, no creativity, no pressure. I mean, it was like uh, Bach's goalkeeper wasn't tested the entire match until the 90th minute. Um, now, like I said in the podcast last week, Bach was coming off of what the Greek media was calling like a very impressive uh, 90 minutes against a set of striplers where they played their best match. So could it possibly be that Bach is peaking at the right time when Ike is regressing? I mean, I really hope not. Because we've said, you know, I haven't looked sharp these last few games. Even the win against the 3-0 win against Libekos, we didn't play that sharp. Uh, but we put the ball in the back of the net. We didn't create any chances. Like, that's the most frustrating thing. You can't be creating your best chances in the 90th minute and be expecting to win a match. That's just not going to cut it. But it was like apathy. It was like, you know, I saw Almeida on the sideline and I heard the announcer say it. Almeida's... Uh, begging his players to go up and press Pauk and really put pressure on Pauk's defense, and the the players were just trotting around like, like a lackadaisical, like it was a friendly at some points. Um, 
which we know that that putting that pressure on Balk uh, is what helped us win the first game against Balk. But now you're also seeing, okay, this is where I will put it on Almeida. What adjustments can you make to your game? You say that you're a manager that you're not stuck playing one style of football, but okay, Luchescu dominated you in this match. How are you going to look different against Balk uh, in the matches to come? And I get it. We got two key players that were big factors in that Balk match. Gatsinovic and Eliasson that have just come off injury. I mean, I expected more out of them, man. Not to say Eliasson, but Gatsinovic. The way he was losing the ball. I don't know what's up with this kid in the last few games. He hasn't looked like himself. You know, he looked kind of sharp when he came off that injury at first. But now he just looked terrible in this match. And I get it. It's a hard thing to come into a derby where you're down 2-0, your morale is down, but, you know, you got to have some some chabuca, man, to where you come out and you say, okay, I'm going to take control of this match. I really think that opportunity that he had when he came onto the to the pitch, he, the old Gatsinovich, I feel like, would have put that away. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he needs to start to feel better or he to get rhythm. You know, some players... Some players, we know guys, watching football, you, you call them super subs, or some players are, are are great coming off the bench, and then they kind of, because you see them in a match where they kind of fizzle out later on in the match, so some players are great coming off the bench, maybe Gatsunovic needs to start again um, to kind of get his rhythm back, because he hasn't looked like himself the past few games. I mean, I don't know, guys. It, it, like This is where I want to see Almeida's uh, managing come in like how are you going to handle this how are you going to handle this in practice how are you going to handle the media now the guy's argentinian he's coached and you know managed in liga mexa before he's managed in argentina which i would say there's high pressure in the greek league but no more than what there is in in those countries um but i want to see like what adjustments are going to happen now what adjustments are going to happen the next time we play balk because this is a serious result um like I said, if we would have came out and just missed chance after chance and Balk just put these two goals that are, I'll, I'll call them semi-fluky. Great play by Costandelias. Horrible de- defense in the second goal by Ike. Um, but I would call them semi-fluky. Like, and you would have just dominated, but the ball just wasn't going back in the back of the net where you were just missing chance after chance after chance. But that wasn't the case. It was like, it was a- apathy, man. Uh, and then the basketball team was frustrating, losing in the semifinals of the Greek Cup to Prometheus yesterday, which equally is frustrating. I don't know, guys. Um, I can't think of anything else to really talk about. Can't think of anything else to cover. I think I've said my piece so far. I'll come back with more stuff as the week goes on um, and really uh, hope that we see what we're really going to see if this is a championship 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 caliber team now we've said yeah they're in the hunt for the championship they've got championship pedigree they've got uh difference makers they've got a deep bench they've got uh you know a great manager i still think almeida is a great manager and again i'll reiterate this point i don't think this is on almeida 
I can't put this on Almeida. I put this all on the players. They didn't come out ready to play. They didn't come out ready to, to match Pauk's intensity. This was a do-or-die game of Pauk. Or was this Pauk's best game of the season, their best result? Was this it? Is Pauk just going to go, uh, you know, have the, are they peaking now? And then they're going to start going on a downhill. Lots of questions. As far as the championship is concerned, this makes things so interesting. Both Panathinaikos and Olympiacos won yesterday. So the Derby and uh, Karaiskaki next Saturday becomes massive uh, for both of those clubs. That's going to be very interesting to watch. Very interesting week coming out and coming up in Greek football. Uh, you know, like I always say, I mean, Keep your heads up, man. You know, uh, I believe that Almeida is going to get us back on track, but let's see what happens, guys. For right now, just got to let this frustration settle in for a little bit and just and just move on. And I hope the team does the same thing. Uh, just hope they can come out better. They looked very flat today. Um, let me see if I have any other notes here. Uh, but cre- I mean, credit to Pauk and credit to Luchescu and Costandelias. I mean, that kid is such a talent. Um, but I expect, I expect Evkola, I expect Stadiskola. Good yeah, get the text on